are returning to work. As the country reopens, what does it mean for Black people to return to the office? Working remote was cute. But could working in person mean anti-Blackness and antagonism up close? It's Tea with Queen and Jay. Drink up. Up. Um, nothing. I'm kind of um, obsessing over Doja Cat this this whole week. The album dropped. Really? Yeah, the album dropped and it's really good and she's really talented. But I'm sure. Have she's... you listened to the whole album? Yeah, it's fucking mm-hmm. good. But it's like not that it, I'm not a person who can't listen to problematic people. But like I know she's like racist and doing colorish shit in the background. Mm. But I'm just mm-hmm. dancing to it and loving it. It's a really She's my good favorite album. White supremacists. Favorite, mm-hmm. yeah. She was favorite white supremacists. Yeah. When you say she's doing colorist shit in the background, because we know she was um in the racial chat room showing feet. Yes. If you don't know that reference, uh, you missed it. But <laughs> she was. There was some. I don't know what kind of rooms, but video chat rooms with white folks that she would be in, white men in particular, and kind of playing to uh, kind of race, racist racial humor yeah. to gain favor mm-hmm. with them. So she was doing that shit. I think we might have talked about it on here before. But she, like, issued an apology for that shit. It was a bad apology. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think it was a bad Still apology. Music, <laughs> That's funny. I didn't think, from what I remember, I don't think it was a bad apology. I just felt like that's one of those things that it takes time. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, we all know it's a lot of social media girls, a lot of black social media girls right now whose career they talk about racism. And, you know, they talk about racism because they have an experience with internalized anti-blackness yep. mm-hmm. that has been documented somewhere. Like, you know, that shit exists. You could still smell it on their breath. You know that. So, like, I think that her experience as I believe she's a biracial black person who's not from the U.S. And she's South African. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I think the intersections of that complicate this whole white supremacy thing that she got going on. But I do believe that she can like recover from that and yeah, not be on that wave and on that tip. So I, but I think that's a hard thing to apologize for and be believed about. I mean, we all seem to be fine. She's our favorite white supremacist. No, like, like I'm, I'm not, I'm not, not, I'm, not I'm not even critiquing her apology. I don't care. I just don't think it was a good mm-hmm. one, but I mm-hmm. obviously do not care. But right. yeah, I'm enjoying it. If you are into like, that's the thing, too. I'm not even into pop, but it's like a pop, hip hop, a little mm-hmm. twinch of R&B. This is, you know, What's like, the colorist stuff that you're saying? If she's a racist, she's a colorist. I don't know what she did, but if she's in a room of oh, people, yeah, yeah. No, of course she's. No, absolutely. She, I just thought I thought you might have been rep- referencing a specific incident. Oh, but no. Yeah, but if, come on. Like, come on. Just, mm-hmm. Like, obviously. But yeah, but I don't know. I enjoy it. That's, I guess, a problematic fave. And I just had to get that out and get that off my chest. She's top notch. But I'm I'm trying to avoid making this a commercial for Doja Cat. But <laughs> how would you compare? I feel like you and I know how we feel about this. But how would you compare enjoying her work as a problematic person to enjoying the work of R. Kelly, who is beyond problematic? R. Kelly? <laughs> And Basil, you just compared a person being young in chat rooms to a serial rapist. That's all I Wait, wanted. What? I just wanted that to be said. You know, there's somebody, there's somebody who's making that comparison. I just wanted to say it out loud. That's all. <laughs> I wish we recorded these sometimes. We're sitting here in our pajamas. I have on a freaking. Uh, uh, a tank top like tied into my breast because it's f- hot as fuck in here. So we we don't we don't broadcast these things. But your laughter to that it was visibly like 
It's visibly funny. Like, what? Are you going to be okay? <laughs> You're a person I would have blocked on Twitter if you said that to me. I would have just blocked. I wouldn't even. I wouldn't say that on Twitter. I'm just. And it's not even something I'm that I think. If I said something about Doja, and they were like, "Well, what about our right. That person would be blocked. I wouldn't even. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's a definite <laughs> difference. Like I do feel like a lot of people no like to conflate these things. That's why I wanted to bring it up. Oh, that but, was um, funny. Yeah, Doja Cat is our favorite white supremacist, and yeah, I just, I just hope that she's not on that shit anymore. I really do. Yeah. Welcome, Welcome to Tea with Queen and Jay. We are two womanist race nerds talking shit over tea, dismantling white supremacist patriarchal capitalism one episode at a time. I'm Queen. I'm Jay. And, and this, this is Tea with Queen and Jay. Ow. If you would like to follow the conversation being had on this here podcast, podcast. you can use our hashtag, hashtag TVQJ. We love when you use that on all the social medias. We also love when you use the hashtag Podin, and that allows other people on that hashtag to find T with Queen and J. If you are not already following us on social media, I saw someone who was like, I don't know their at. We say our at every week on <laughs> this here program. That was a little funny to me, too. That was a little funny. Every week it's on this program. It's funny to me, too. It's funny to me, too. At T with QJ on Instagram and Twitter. We are also on Tumblr and Facebook where you can follow us there. We want to hear from you. We love to hear from you. Send us T-mail at TWithQueenAndJ at gmail.com. We love when you send us questions, comments, feedback, silly things, serious things, all the things we enjoy, the things. Things. And this is a Spot of Tea segment-free episode. Every week, we pour libations for the people, places, and things giving us black-ass, black joy. Queen, what are you pouring libations for this week? I'm pouring libations for breaks, for rest, for vacations, mm. for holiday, whatever you call it, mm. where you take time for yourself. When you summer, when you go in summer, summer somewhere. Yeah, my nephew yelled mm-hmm. at me yesterday because I was working. But it's summer! whatever you call it to take time for yourself for leisure to step away from work and all of that shit um libations to that lean into that i want that for Mm -hmm. everybody i want it for myself and use your pto (laughs) use your pto use it use it it's yours it's yours use it use it Use, use it. it don't worry about the job falling apart when you leave use it that's the job's problem exactly that's, they're not worried about what happens to, to you, you if they get rid of you at all okay, okay. so that position yeah. would be right on indeed <laughs> next day <laughs> okay mm-hmm. it might be there now <laughs> yeah so that's my be. libations my libations is to break holidays vacation rest summer all of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm pouring mm-hmm. libations for this week. What are you pouring libations for, like Jay? I'm pouring libations for Pride Month. Happy Pride, yeah. everybody. Happy Pride to all the queer babies still navigating coming out. Whether it be about coming out about your sexuality, gender identity, or something else. Libations to all of you. There have been kids in my family been coming out left and right left and right i love the gay agenda fucking love it yo delicious it's been nice to see them come out in ways that are not like trauma filled Mm -hmm. for me personally observing the experience in my family or whatever watching them come out in ways that are not trauma filled watching them come out in ways that are not like not something that they've been toiling with in some way but more of a like hey i just wanted you to know you know this is who i am i just want you to know about me because i care about you and I love you kind mm-hmm. of thing or 
whatever. So that has been that has been really cool to watch. And of course, as everybody, you hope that one day like niggas don't have to come out, that it just becomes an understood thing that we could be any kind of person and not to assume that straightness or heteronormativity or the binary is the default. You know what I'm saying? So I look forward to that fucking day. Um, The elders have been, of course, being a little bit awkward about it but i would i'm calling it a little bit awkward because i would say that's what it is like it hasn't been violent playing on that and didn't do yeah it hasn't been that (laughs) just like it's something new i was like what i kind of learned something new but not right right another thing yeah yeah Yeah, that's what it's been that's what it's been i think that the elder one of the kids in my family told one of the elders and the elder was like okay like that's fine that's who you want to date but like that shouldn't be important right now and i was explaining to them that like oh and the the person who the kid who came out was like no it's not i'm not thinking about dating i just wanted you to know like yeah you're you know my so-and-so i just wanted you to know who i am kind of thing but the elder didn't get it and so i was explaining to them it's not just about oh this is who i like to kiss this is who i like or whatever it's really about like their whole identity like there are little girls doing different stuff than this little girl is doing like just as a social construct as an identity as a person and it's an honor that she wants you to know who she is like when i'm watching the younger people in my life, the teenagers that I'm related to, I'm watching them be teenagers. And it's like, I remember being a teenager and how everything was a fucking secret. Cause it kind of had to be. Yeah. Everything was a secret. Sometimes I'll be talking to these teenagers and like something that, that to me, I'll ask a question that I think is like open and normal and I'm not being invasive. And they'll be like, what? Huh? Not cause they don't understand, but because like everything is a secret. Yeah. Don't ask me anything. Don't ask me about my life or whatever. So when they come to you and they say, Hey, I just want to share who i am with you or whatever that's like that's an honor you know what i'm saying so anyway i just wanted to say happy pride to everybody who's navigating those waters happy pride to again the babies who are coming out and happy pride to people who are awkwardly navigating trying not to be a fucking toxic dick during this period like catch up or get left behind get left behind okay that's the that's the dust that's the dust sound. that's the ash for the listeners who don't know what yes that's the ash try try ash. queen can you tell people how they can support t with queen and j podcast sure can as always we'd love for you to take care of yourself first but this podcast also runs on your support so there are two ways that you can donate you can go to our website, twithqueenandj.com, slide down on our homepage, and there is where you'll find the two options. True. Our first option is our PayPal option, where you can donate any amount at any time. And our second option is our Patreon option, where we ask for a monthly commitment of $2 a month. $2? You can give more or less, and we would appreciate that shit and give you a bonus episode every month. We also like it when you share this podcast on social media, tell a friend, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, or wherever else you listen to Tea with Queen and Jay. All of that helps us grow, and we love it. It makes us feel good in our heart and all of that. We, we enjoy those. That's right. Please review us on Apple Podcasts. We love that shit, and we include you in our libations when you leave us a review. And it helps other people know that people actually listen to this podcast. We're active podcasts and people fuck with it. And we're not like screaming into the void. If you'd like to sponsor us, if you'd like to hear your ad on Tea with Queen and Jay podcast or see it on social media, t us at tea with Queen and Jay at gmail.com. 
If you'd like to hire us to speak virtually at your school or organization about white supremacist patriarchal capitalism, dismantling white supremacy in the workplace, womanism, black feminism, podcasting, or some other shit you've heard us discuss on the podcast, or if you'd like us to do a virtual live show or consult you or your team, send us your team email at tweenandj at gmail.com. We are doing some in-person shit, but of course we are still acknowledging that COVID does exist in the world yes. and we are not trying to be spreaders. There's a whole fucking Delta variant like I'm a Delta and this is yeah. what we do and all mm-hmm. of that so just mm-hmm. saying chill out right 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 you mean you're a Delta as if you're talking about the Delta variant you're not a part of the Greek letter organization never would I ever <laughs> alright <laughs> I do have a few donation libations and by a few I mean one shout out to Memory Yay! who is a new patron thank you so much Memory we appreciate you we didn't get any PayPal donation this week so we'll have no, no snack monies no lunch we might not be able to afford to pay our people that's false i'm I'm exaggerating but will we will we have snack money can we pay the team Mm -hmm. find out on the next dragon ball z no but anyway if you want to hit us on the paypal it's there we always appreciate that little bit of extra that helps us get by month to month i used to date a guy who would run upstairs from selling drugs to watch dragon ball z That is funny. It makes sense. Yeah. It adds up. Yeah, that's not a shocker. That's not a shocker. Uh, drug dealers, they need rest too. I'm just saying, people like to act like Light, nerds. leisure. Nerdy stuff doesn't happen with the gangsters. Right. That was a person who would run upstairs from selling, I guess, crack. I don't know what they were selling to watch Dragon mm-hmm. Ball Z. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. That's it. It's important. These are the kind of important conversations that we have yes. on TV with Queen and Jay. Yes. Speaking of which, we are taking a break. We're taking July off and we'll be back the second week of August. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, we hope to bring you some other content from our podcast collective, the Black Batty Brigade. But if you don't see that shit, it's again, we're on fucking vacation. Maybe we'll right? do it. Maybe so we won't. Maybe we won't. All right. We're on fucking vacation. You're not the boss of us. Fuck capitalism. Burn it down. So we encourage you to rest if you can. And if you don't currently have rest on your schedule, please plan a future time to rest because we all deserve all right you ready to get into the show yep let's get into the show all right 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 so what kind of tea are you drinking over there jay i am back on my concoction bullshit i have a lemon ginger tea bag in some honey and hot water with a bunch of limes i was at a funeral and they had like extra limes for the catfish at the repast okay so yeah there was extra limes after, so I just took a took a little tub of limes. That sounds like uh, catfish at the repast sounds like a move. That's repast food be mad good. It really was. I didn't eat in the room because the room wasn't ventilated. I also threatened my mother not to eat, <laughs> and I threatened my niece not to eat because they're not vaccinated. I'm vaccinated. They're not vaccinated. But the room wasn't ventilated, so I'm I'm hoping and believing that everything was fine. But still, you know. Anyway, anyway, I ate it later. <laughs> What kind of tea are you drinking? I'm actually drinking water. I did have some ginger tea before we recorded. Um, I'm a little mm-hmm. gassy. And you know, you, when your stomach hurt, you drink some of ginger in it. So I had that. But right. now I'm drinking some agua, good old-fashioned agua, you know. Yep. That's what I'm drinking. All right. What are your pronouns? She, her. What are your pronouns? She, her, they, them. And separate from my pronouns, I am not a lady. And what are you affirming for yourself this week? I am affirming rest. And I'm affirming quality time with my boo. Cause that's my you boo, always be my boo, and I like quality uh, time. Uh, uh, but my boo, my boo, 
All right, good. That's cute. Y'all have anything planned? Nah, no plans, like definitive ones, but we're both like taking doing less work so we have more time for each nice. other because we just both like have it. been kind of just caught up in a rat race. And mm-hmm. it was like, let's slow down a little bit so we could like stare into each other's eyes and be corny, you know? So, so yeah, that's my, that's what I'm affirming. Rest and quality time with mm-hmm. people. What are you affirming for yourself this week? I want to affirm a fun and restful, reorganizing, clearing, Damn. purging, centering ass break. So that's what I plan to do. I want to clean. I want to center. I want to put things in the garbage. I want to take the garbage, put it out, yes. out of my put house, out of, your house. out of the apartment, yes. out, out, out. Clear, clear, clear. Bright, bright, bright. Energy, energy, energy. Good, good, good. Vibe, vibe, vibes. Yes. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Speaking of new vibes, speaking of new energy, with more people getting vaccinated and an increasing understanding of this coronavirus bullshit, more people are returning to the blood clot office. The blood clot office. Who the fuck wants that? So companies are reopening their physical doors again. Some are shifting to a hybrid of like a few days in the office, a few days at home, a few remote days, while others are planning to return to a mainly office in the office type setup forever for good back to quote unquote normal. And lots of people, lots of black people in particular are saying, get the fuck out of here with that (laughs) funky funky bullshit. bullshit. We are not trying to be back in the office like we was before. We're not trying to work in the Mm -hmm. same toxic way toxic environments we was before just give me the stipend um, for my wi-fi and leave me alone <laughs> <laughs> leave me be buy me a printer and leave, leave me, me be yeah queen you actually brought this subject to the table and i have been feeling this a little bit personally as i potentially shift from like doing freelance to possibly working full-time i hadn't really associated that with this kind of pre-COVID and post-COVID experience that like a lot of other people are having. I did feel like when I was considering going full-time, like I don't want to deal with in-office whiteness again, Mm -hmm. where whiteness is centered as it is in most working environments. Again, because I've been working freelance. I've been working for myself. I've been been minding my fucking business for like three years now. And to have to think about minding other people's business and people minding my business and all of that energy has kind of been a lot to process but i didn't think about it as a cultural phenomenon that lots of black indigenous and other people of color are also experiencing in this moment is your office returning to work what are y'all doing we plan to there's no like since i'm hr i'm part of the planning and there's nothing Mm -hmm. like here's the date where we are all fully back in office so for right right now people are popping in as they need to because in june we just get a lot of audits because that's just what happens Mm -hmm. in nonprofits. people just want to make sure you know whatever so we're popping in in and out I don't project that we'll be back in office until school starts because my organization does um, programming for Mm -hmm. public schools and shit like that. Right. But I am not as upset about going back to work. I think I prefer the hybrid because Mm -hmm. some days at home I can, I'm easily distracted and I have, my office is a shared office and it's like motherfuckers talk to me and I will just stop what I'm doing and have a conversation because I can't Mm -hmm. do both. Like, it's just really, really hard for me. So I think I do Mm -hmm. need some of the days to be home because I could, like, get some shit done and then there's other days where I get that I can be in the office. So I'm cool with a hybrid. I also do not work with white people. I also Mm -hmm. do not, because when I was reading the articles that we were looking at to create this 
conversation. I'm like, I can't relate to this though. Oh, this is boring. This is whatever. But then I had to remember because my work environment is completely different. I don't even work with white people. There's not a whole lot of that white supremacist professionalism at my Mm -hmm. job. Like a lot of that shit doesn't even exist. So I don't even have like the same ink. So me, I'm just thinking about the travel because I do live far from my job. But when I started taking the subway again, I'm like, "Mm, I think it's time to buy a car now. Like Mm -hmm. who wants to be on a train for an hour and 15 minutes? Mm -hmm. Like- I don't want to do that. But I think that the reason why I didn't relate to a lot of that stuff was because of the work environment that I have where a lot of that stuff isn't happening. Like I'm not thinking about my hair changes or no one has said some Mm -hmm. weird shit to me that would happen more so in person because it wasn't happening before. But yeah, kind of like you, I didn't connect the things in that way. So that's why at first I was like, I can't relate. Moving on. (laughs) (laughs) people are scared sucks for them (laughs) don't get it can't relate relate. get a better job can't relate but you know that's funny working on empathy and therapy so now that i guess and we like this we like this um so this story has been covered in a lot of places over the past few months as people return to work we're referencing an article from the new york times and again it says that many workers are not interested in returning to work due to i'm not reading i'm just talking i sound like i'm reading (laughs) but um (laughs) these are actually my personal notes i just wanted to say that i'm not reading from a new york times article but we are going to be referencing we have our thoughts i did this But we are referencing a New York Times article throughout this episode. But I said that to say it has been covered widely. If you are somebody who works in HR, if you are somebody who your office claims to be big on diversity and inclusion and you are an HR ass nigga, hopefully you have heard of this because it's being reported yes. on everywhere in all the workity work kind of places. But, you know, people ignore shit as it relates to black and brown people. So even though it is everywhere, it might be something that you've never heard before. But basically, workers are not interested in returning to work due to microaggressions and bias they've experienced in the workplace. And most of us do not want to go back to that shit. There's been a report going around that only 3% of black Americans are interested in returning to the office compared to 21% of their white counterparts. I think that that is a large difference, but it should also be noted that white folks not trying to return to the office either. Like 21% of those who would normally you know, be in an in-office workspace, 21% is also not a lot. It does just happen to be a large percentage gap between the amount of black americans who want to go back into the workplace yeah the reason why i note that white folks also is not trying to fuck with going back to the workplace much of their angst which is kind of an angst that all of us are dealing with is due to covid hesitancy and like those of us who are like ah there's still covid out there whatever and i say us as um americans in general right there's still covid out there even if i'm vaccinated i'm not trying to be around people or just general social shit we've been i know a lot of people have been quarantining like with their family but i've been in here by myself with my dog there were periods of this when i you know had a partner before a lot of this i have been in here navigating quarantino by myself right and so the anxiety kind of of like being in a space when you are with people all the time and navigating that shit again a lot of people don't want to work in the same kind of toxic ways that we used to work we were prioritizing work over ourselves Mm -hmm. work over our mental health and there have been people even though a lot of people working from home end up working more hours there have been people that have found a certain kind of balance and a certain kind of peace in working at home 
And so again, I say that because that's across the board for most people, regardless of race. However, when we add the intersections of race and gender and other marginalized identities, disability and shit like that to this mix, then you have people who are dealing with a whole other host of valid anxieties when it comes to returning to the workplace. So for Black folks in particular and other people of color, we're also not interested in returning to toxic whiteness, microaggressions, being othered, being stereotyped, general anti-Blackness, or hearing like, what the fuck your coworkers, your white coworkers think about the shit that's happening in the news. Yes. There's usually a cultural context. There's mm-hmm. usually some racial shit, you know, tied to it. And sometimes just hearing somebody's opinion, even though they're not talking about you, you might be, I had a desk when I was working in corporate. I had a desk that was just in a central location because of what I did. And that was okay. Except when somebody decided to stand by my desk and have a conversation about some racist shit and not care that I'm I was sitting there because I'm just a prop like the furniture and it doesn't even it doesn't matter and and now i'm supposed to go about my day like that racist conversation between two white people just standing together being white being dismissive like that shit didn't happen you know what i'm saying so i definitely don't miss that shit so to the new york times article they quote a few people kind of talking about their experience so a dr courtney mcclooney who started a new job as an assistant professor of organizational behavior at Cornell's ILR school says, I'm nervous about going back. So she hasn't met a lot of her colleagues in person yet, but as a black woman who's faced countless microaggressions throughout her professional career, the virtual environment provided a respite, a respite, 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 respite. What do you say? I would say respite. Okay. So this is a quote from her. This was the first year that I haven't had my hair commented on and touched without permission in my professional life. That's a lot. That's, a lot that's a lot that's a lot every fucking year i've been bald for most of my for a lot of my life i had like a caesar so that's not something that i had to worry about at work all the time but every fucking year every year i haven't really worked in white spaces where white people were the majority yeah i don't know if they just didn't feel as comfortable (laughs) right right, Um, right and then i i am intimidating like in terms of like Mm -hmm. my boundaries of every like uh uh Right. So I can see you not wanting to, but every, this is the first yeah. year this person has not had someone touched their hair. I've dealt with it, but a lot of the time I had a Caesar or short hair. Mm-hmm. And when I had hair again, I have dealt with it, but it wasn't, I wouldn't say it was every year. That's a, that's a lot. That's a but lot. we know it's not uncommon. This is just our personal yeah, commentary. Yeah. It is mad. This is mad common. This is a common thing. Everybody knows about white people putting their hands out to put their fingers in your hair and touch you or pet you or be amazed at what's happening on your head. We've talked about that before. Mm -hmm. So McClooney says, I actually like not having to go into the office and be constantly reminded that I'm the only black woman there. So just to get into the numbers, in a survey by the Slack think tank Future Forum, a whopping 97% of black respondents in the U.S. said they preferred a fully or remote hybrid workplace. So as we said before, only 3% of black workers surveyed said they wanted to return fully in person compared with 21% of white workers. In another study from the same group, black workers reported a 50% increase in their sense of workplace belonging Mm. and 64% increase in their ability to manage stress once they began working from home. This, I could say, I definitely can relate to. So we all know that I've been podcast producing and all of that has been remote. And I have felt, as compared to in other environments, I have felt more included in what we're doing. I have felt like the work that I have done 
I have been celebrated for in this space in ways that I haven't been before. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a lot of that has to do with the work. The focus is on the actual work that I'm doing. I'm sitting in a box. I'm sitting in a virtual box and I'm doing work. And you're hearing me produce my work and you're focused on that. You're not focused on whether I like to go to lunch with you motherfuckers. You're not focused on... Does Janicia look happy when she's sitting at the workplace or does she look like a scary black woman? How come she never wants to do happy hour with us? Right, exactly. She's blending into the culture and it's like, that's not the job. Exactly. You're not focused on when you come to my desk and you ask me something and I say, hey, and you're not focused on like, is her voice too deep? Does she sound chipper enough or whatever? People in these spaces, I feel like, are more focused on the actual work that I'm producing than their experience with me and having to consume my full identity in their space and have that identity, have my identity and and who I am bump up against their internalized Mm anti-blackness. You know what I'm saying? And I like that shit. Sounds good. No, I'm just saying, it sounds good. (laughs) Sounds amazing. Right. Yeah. Right. That doesn't mean that um, black folks and other people of color haven't experienced a new and more frequent virtual harassment. So that has definitely been a thing. It has been said that because people are a lot of the virtual stuff, like we are being a little bit more casual because we are working in our home spaces. So for those people who are more inclined to be harassers, they do that shit virtually. They find they will niggas yeah, will find a way to harass yeah. you virtually. I remember working again in corporate. I worked in a corporate beauty space and with a lot of different brands. I remember working with one particular brand where I was working with a racist abuser and she was my direct boss. And they just kept fucking. She would abuse an assistant. They would dispose of the assistant, get another one, or they would promote her up. Reckless racist person. One of those people in New York. There are, and I know this just from working with a lot of white people in beauty, there are white people who you meet and you think, oh, they're cool. I'd have a beer with them or whatever. We could kiki, bah, bah, bah. But working with them, especially in in an assistant role, which I was often an admin Mm -hmm. or an executive assistant or whatever, you see how racist they are. You see how racist they are. They like the idea of having a black girl work in their office. They do not know how to engage with a black person in real time because they see us as fucking servants Mm -hmm. regardless to your role in the company that's just how they view white folks especially in new york city we're talking about we're talking about a city who the city was built for people to come into manhattan and work so oftentimes when you work in manhattan white people who work in manhattan traditionally have lived in manhattan and niggas like me who are their assistant niggas like me who fucking you see me at the lunch counter or whatever the fuck, like those of us working in retail or whatever, a lot of black and brown folks come from the outer boroughs and we're here in Manhattan. We're seen as to service their white life in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I've seen a lot of that firsthand in the corporate space, in the retail space. They just people who you would think upon first meeting, oh, this is a this is a cool white person. No, no big deal. We're New Yorkers, that fucking liberal white bullshit. And when you get to know them intimately, it's like, oh wow, you are a raving racist. You might as well be wearing a MAGA hat. Like there's no fucking division here. So anyway, I was working with this wild style racist woman, and I was supposed to get she wanted me to get a corporate phone so that she could harass me at all hours of the day. So oh. thankfully. Yeah, thankfully, upper management was like, no, we don't do that. 
and I was relieved. And she, she was like, oh, yeah, we can't get you a phone as if I was going to be fucking disappointed. But I knew that that was going to increase the level of harassment because she could and the office was wild style. So sometimes she would harass me with other people or berate me with other people present. But the levels of that shit increased when there was no one who could hear her. Yes. You know what I'm saying? When it was just she and I. So anything that increases that communication, anything that increases like the one on one shit. So the virtual shit. Yes. Yes. Right. Right. So studies have shown that during this period of remote work, there is still possibility for that kind of virtual microaggressions, bias, harassment and shit, because motherfuckers can now have direct intimate access to you. No one is hearing around. You're not in an office with, you know, glass windows or whatever. You're not in the conference room. You're not in the hallway or whatever, where other people may be in earshot. People, this hasn't been my experience, thank God, but a lot of people are in these general group Slack channels where your coworkers can be posting, hey, I read this interesting article today, and it'd be some wild, culturally insensitive or ignorant shit, or maybe not wild style, maybe just moderately mm-hmm. insensitive. Yeah. And it's like, this is not what the fuck. I'm, I'm looking here to make sure I'm in the Slack and engaged in work shit, and this motherfucker, th- what they think is interesting is some culturally insensitive racist shit that is triggering a trauma that they, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Don't care that i have experienced so anyway i say all that shit to say that we have still experienced within these remote environments we have still experienced virtual harassment we have still experienced as black folks and other people of color that feeling of like okay because i'm working remote i have to work extra hard so niggas believe i'm actually working working. because we have experienced being in the office working and still being seen as lazy not doing enough have to we're having to work twice as hard and shit for people to believe that we are actually doing the shit that we do and we produce every month they're being expected to produce more than others to compensate for being black in the workplace you know what i'm saying the difference it appears from the harassment virtually or experiencing navigating virtual work versus in, in real time within the office is that when you're at home, you can still curate your space in a certain way. You can still, when the virtual meeting is off, you do not have to continue to code switch. Nope. You know what I'm saying? There's a there's a, a TikTok. I was going to say Vine, RIP Vine, we mentioned you. Vine! <laughs> um, there's a TikTok. There's several TikToks going around like in the, earlier in the pandemic when we were quarantining, working remotely and people were just getting used to it of like black women like, okay, this is me on the virtual call or on a, on a, in a virtual meeting and closing the laptop when it ends and like going back to being their full black ass self, self putting their yeah. bonnet on, taking a nap or whatever. And like, you know, some of those videos were extreme, but I saw them as a metaphor for like, whoo, okay. And that's, that's how I feel a lot of times when I am, I feel like that sometimes cause I'm an introvert in general, but then also there's the extra layer of communicating with white folks in these meetings. Yeah. All day. Cause you're in, if you're in an office all day, you have to keep it on for at least that eight hours. Right. Whereas when you're virtual, it's like, okay, here's this meeting, blah, blah, blah. Let right. Me, let me do the dance. And it's like, woo, mm-hmm. back to me. And you don't have to. Yeah. It takes work to do that. That takes work. takes work. I'm too lazy for that shit, but it takes work. And mm-hmm. being able to just turn it off like that and not having to do a duration of eight hours of that fake ass smile, making your voice mm-hmm. high pitched because a lot of us do that yep. because that makes yep. people feel like we are, uh, I don't know, the engaged to some shit. I don't know what the fuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, what the what fuck did they think The high pitched voice? What, the high pitched voice? Yeah, like, the high pitched voice, I associate that with what, being femme or some shit. Femme, they see our presence as threatening. 
So it is a way to lighten the load. It's Because we all do it across genders. And it is a way to lighten the fear of... You, they see us as monsters. Yeah, yeah, You know yeah. what I'm saying? So it, it's been a way, I think, for a lot of people to lighten that. And it is, you mentioned femme, it is associated with that because the particularly white femme, yes. you know, because yes. that, that is the standard for femininity. Yep. Is white woman, yes. Less threatening is to be more aligned with, with a white woman. white women, yeah. white feminists. Mm-hmm. And that goes, again, that goes for everybody. That goes across gender. So there are black men in the workplace, you know, lightening their voice a little bit yep. to sound less, less threatening. intense. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Quote, unquote, intense or whatever, as we know that we are seen as a people in the workplace. That's the reason. So, yeah, doing all of that at minimum eight hours straight is a fucking lot of work and a lot of mental work. Like you're pushing against right. like who you are naturally, you know, mm-hmm. for hours. And so I can see it's it exhausting. being like such a relief to just be like, okay, maybe for the two hours in this meeting and then the rest of the day is mine and the rest of the day is just going to pop the way I want it to pop. Right. And that's the energy that I feel in those TikToks. Like as soon as she closed the computer, it's like, oh. <laughs> and, she, you know, she like pulls the cover over her head or whatever. She got her bonnet on, yada, yada, yada. But to, again, to me, it's a metaphor for like in this virtual meeting, we're all staring and thinking intensely. So sometimes I'll, I'll like pay attention to like what my face looks like and shit like that. That not that I should, not that I need to, but it is a it's a code switching tactic that I use or whatever. And so yeah, being able to close the computer and not they have to think about okay, is somebody reading my facial expression yeah. a certain way because I'm a black woman and because I'm read a certain way or whatever? It's a relief to be able to close my laptop, go have a drink of water, go sit on my couch. That's one of my the things I'll go sit on my couch for a second and take a break and you know scroll through my phone or whatever. When, like you said, you can't do that in the workplace no. for eight hours, even in the break room, yep. you are on. You know what I'm saying? If you are somebody who code switches, if you are somebody who works in an environment, which is, I think, the case for most, for most black people, people in the U.S. Yeah. Like your experience is very is unique. unique. A lot of yeah. us have curated. By the time I left my corporate job, I had curated the space. It was a nice, sweet period where I had curated it and was still actually working and was still being productive and was still like, this is who I am. This is what it is i'm not code switching anymore here Mm -hmm. that's not what i'm doing and we you know people knew me and it was fine and then it was like the last year i was like y'all are y'all are like trying it with me and i don't give any fucks not work fucks not it was it was a mess but anyhow it wasn't a mess it was a glorious time i was glorious time (laughs) (laughs) i was showing up at noon it was it was it was ridiculous. Okay, it was ridiculous. This is a person, but anyhow, you're a person who didn't even take days off. You better show up at noon. Like this is true. Jay didn't take PTO. Jay's a workaholic though. It had nothing to do with them. That's just right. Right. <laughs> Jay's thing. These are facts. You better come at These noon and use not one PTO day in how many fucking years? That was my thinking. That was my <laughs> thinking. My review definitely said Jay does not come into time during the scheduled work hours. I was like, this is correct. <laughs> Moving along. Anyhow, yes, it is a relief to be able in a virtual space to do my work, close my laptop, even if it's just for 15 minutes in between meetings, close my laptop for a second and not have to engage with anybody else's shit. You know what I'm saying? That's vital as a black person. As a person of color, that shit is fucking vital. So the article goes on to say the virtual environment is more equalizing in many ways. They talk to this person. Dag, I don't have their first name here. But Dr. Pham, 
who identifies as a Vietnamese-born American, some years ago she faced criticism after she hung decorative paper lanterns above her desk. I heard secondhand that those lanterns upset some co-workers because they felt they were unprofessional. So again, this is somebody who's now being, when you're in the workplace, the standard for what is professional, for what is allowed, is often whiteness. Yeah, it's always So if it's whatever foolishness they want to do, that seems unprofessional, whatever, whatever hickory do, whatever like <laughs> dippity doo da, whatever festive shit they're in the mood to do, that shit is okay. You're that shit is not unprofessional. That's with a sombrero on because it's May fifth. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck you talking about? Like- right. <laughs> Right, right, right. So, yeah, so now she displays, these are back to the paper lanterns. Dr. Pham now displays them proudly in her home where anyone in a virtual meeting with her can see. She also says, I'm a short person at five feet, which means in physical spaces, I have to work extra hard at literally being seen, she said. I am more confident in virtual spaces because we are all the same height. Mm -hmm. I spend almost no time worrying about what to wear or makeup, and I usually don't use a virtual background when on video conference. I feel more authentic presenting my real background to others. It also reminded me of i think i said this earlier Mm -hmm. but just the experience of a lot of disabled people yeah and like the world acts like making accommodations for disabled people so that they can work in the same ways that we work is out of it's yeah it's It's impossible impossible. it's expensive it's unreasonable we shouldn't have to do it or whatever and since so many of us have been working remote like a lot of the barriers where some disabled people have been lifted because they can work within the space, within their home space, which is already set up for them, and, you know, work from home. So there has been conversation. I have observed conversation on Twitter with a lot of disabled folks talking about, like, what it looks like now to, quote unquote, go back to normal. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And getting rid of a lot of the accommodations that we made during COVID that actually helped a lot of folks who always needed these accommodations as disabled people. So I thought that was interesting, especially when Dr. Pham talks about like this leveling of like how we look, like something as simple as height that, you know, as a taller person, I don't have to think about or whatever, but just how that can be something that further marginalizes someone, especially in spaces where people are talking over each other or your presence commanding a certain quote unquote physical presence sometimes dictates who can do or say what or who is acknowledged as professional whose opinion is acknowledged as valuable and worthy so that is another like really interesting thing i think that is interesting i've never thought of that i am a short person but people always think i'm bigger and i think it's because i'm a black woman Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know what i'm saying but um Mm -hmm. i could i could see that i do have issues with like being talked over and stuff like that but i always conclude that but like being a woman or being a black Mm -hmm. woman i never really thought about my height i wonder i wonder now i wonder i'm sure it's a part of your intersection i'm sure that it plays a role like we know that black women of all heights experience that but i'm sure there are ways that you experience that that those of us who are taller than you probably don't Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying yeah that makes sense makes sense Tisha held, so they they talked to another black woman in this piece. Tisha held, a Seattle-based tax auditor, said that for many years, being the only black woman at her organization meant pretending she was all right in front of coworkers when hearing distressing news about a police shooting of a black person or other racist incidents. Virtual work, she said, alleviates and prevents those superficial interactions when you come into work and everyone says, good morning, while you're processing this anger and this fear. This morning ain't good. This morning ain't good. <laughs> That's what Yo. you want to do. <laughs> Yo. Remote work allowed her 
to not have to go to work while processing low-level trauma all the time. This actually reminded me of that fucking time when I had been leaving work to go protest Protest. in the streets, Mm -hmm. okay? Every fucking season, every year. I had been doing it for years. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I've been doing it. This was an ongoing thing. And then as soon as... I think it was either when Trump took office or when he was about to take office. I don't know. It was but when white a woman people were upset. March was like a, a thing. When yeah, these motherfuckers. I talked about it on the podcast. I don't remember the, the episode, but these motherfuckers was in there making signs, buzzing about, galvanizing together. You know, planning when they're gonna go. Yada yada yada. And I wasn't going to these marches in secret. I wasn't being silent about it at work. I wasn't like people knew. You even said like, "Hey, I'm gonna be late because I was arrested yesterday." I was yes, <laughs> like it was that yes. evidence. What was yes. what you was doing? <laughs> these niggas was again. I worked in beauty. This particular, the, my last stint there, I was I, for like some years. I was working in creative space in the creative part department. So we have like creative stations where you can make signs and you can. We have all the tools to do those things. Mm-hmm. So yeah, right by my desk, they're making signs about you know pussies, pink cats, whatever, whatever, whatever the fuck. They was all together doing that shit. I was like, wow. And I had to sit through that while working. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And if we were working virtually, that wouldn't have even been an issue. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't even know. Nobody would know. Y'all wouldn't know what I was doing unless I brought it up. I wouldn't know what y'all was doing unless you brought it up. And I wouldn't have to sit by while you fucking made your signs near my desk and while I'm trying to work. Like that, that would not have been an issue. Mm-hmm. And just like... For me, there was like the hurt of like processing because it was such a chill, like creative environment. Like, yeah, we would go to drinks together and shit like that. But like it hurt my feelings, not out of surprise, but I'm still a human person. It hurt my feelings that like, wow, these people who like fuck with me and I fuck with on some level. I've been doing this for years. I've been talking about it. You know, of course, in, in, in certain periods in New York, it's like a heightened intensity of this where everyone knows about it. Everyone's talking about it. And it's like you, you've, you've been using words of support. But now this white man, this thing makes you like a little bit uncomfortable and like shifts like your experience with whiteness a little bit. And y'all all together, we all in here making signs because we all have to unite on this. Are you fucking crazy? Yeah, that was ableist. But are you fucking like, what the fuck? Are you fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah ridiculous so it reminds me of that and that's the type of shit that i don't miss you know what i'm saying i don't miss i i i like looking at these niggas in a in a box on my computer screen talking about whatever and And not getting too deep pressing end when it's over pressing end for sure at the end of the article so the article kind of again talks about how a lot of us want to continue to work virtually but then at the end this black woman who they were talking to says as for miss held she plans to head back despite some trepidation so she plans to head back to the office despite some trepidation because she believes visibility and presence are important as is reminding people i am here whether you see me or not so that actually made me a little bit sad because it was another reminder of how a lot of us as black people it's like it sounds like like she's concerned this could be this could go either way yeah right it's either as a black woman, like you need to know that it's a black woman who works in this office. You, there needs to be representation. You need to see me. I need to be present for other black folks or people of color who work within this space. There's that, which is still annoying because this is like labor that this person has to do to represent yeah. because of the overall system of white supremacy. And it's 2021. Why are we still, why is that still a, right. that kind of responsibility? There's that. Or there's the other thing, which also makes me sad, is that 
this person might feel like if I don't show up, if you don't see me physically, you might not think that I'm working, assume that I'm not working, count me out, not include me in meetings and decision making and shit like that, not consider me for promotions and stuff like that, which is, again, something we worry about these things because we have to worry about these things in ways that our white counterparts don't. So that kind of made me sad, too, when like the reality is that a lot of us would be it would be better for our well-being to spend more time working remotely. It's like she still has to think about we still have to think about, okay, well, what does that mean? Holistically. Like, what does that mean? Right. Even if my employer says, sure, you can work remote. It's like we still have to think about, okay, so now what's that mean? How y'all yeah, going to treat t- me? How y'all, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? What's the vibe? What's the vibe? Because you're going to be like, you know, Tisha, Tisha works remote. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. I don't know what she be doing. I don't yes. know what she be doing, but you know. Is she really working? I saw a child in the background. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that was my concern that like the way that that article ended kind of made me feel sad and unsettled. How do you feel about working remotely versus returning to the office? Yeah, I said it a little before, but like I think I prefer a hybrid. I also work in a place where I'm not, there's still levels of professionalism where I'm like, nah, this needs to be dismantled. Like that doesn't mean that and shit like that. Because mm-hmm. that exists even if you work with just black people or majority right. people of color, which I work at. So I'm not thinking about the interactions with whiteness in those ways think Mm -hmm. god i'm not thinking about those things but i'm just thinking about kind of like me and how i've gotten used to being left alone right to my work so i can just do my work and you're not asking Mm -hmm. me questions about the printer and you're not fucking trying to make that small talk i do not like small talk Mm. so you're not trying to hey what did you do this week uh, yeah we're here to talk about Zooms make it easy for to be like, we're here to talk about this. Mm-hmm. Kind of like what you said. Let's just get to the work. I'm very like that. Like, what's, right. the, what's the assignment? Like, all of this fluff stuff I don't really need. Like, what are we working on? What am I doing? Mm-hmm. How are we working together or not? Um, yeah. So that's the stuff I'm kind of thinking about. Like, my workflow. I do want to figure out, like... I'm thinking of new boundaries for myself when it comes to the Mm -hmm. shared office space where it's like I have my headphones in and oh well, like (laughs) I'm just Mm -hmm. not going to interact with y'all. I'm thinking about stuff in that way, but I don't have to think about it as immediate as most people. I don't think we'll be back in office until the fall, honestly, but I am noticing like how... I think it's ridiculous for a lot of workplace. I don't think they're caring about their employees to just make it fully in person, just suddenly like mm-hmm. that. Like, right. I think it is helpful for people's well-being to ease in mm-hmm. when it comes to to that and not just jump in head first. Like, let them stick their toe on it a little bit. This is, like, mm-hmm. different. Like, when I started going to the office every once in a while, I even underestimated with my train ride how long it was. I'm like, oh, I forgot it was right. like, you know, like, just... I, I don't like that they're not allowing people to warm up. And then it's like, mm-hmm. for a lot of jobs, it's like, why are they in office? Like, mm-hmm. and it's a, a sense of control. Like, I feel like lots of companies would save mad money if they didn't run an office and maybe every once in a while just run a conference room if they need to do communal shit. But if everyone's at home and you're giving them a stipend for like Wi-Fi and shit, like, like I feel like the overhead just makes more sense for people to work from home mm-hmm. and i don't get the insistence on like the control like we have to be in here doing that like that shit makes me uncomfortable yeah. and it's whack 
Because a lot of us don't need to be in person. Right. Some companies have been arguing that it helps to like breed of an environment of like working together, being in community, building like rapport with one another and stuff like that. But that really fails to acknowledge the experience of black and brown folks who have been saying black and brown other and other marginalized folks who have been saying, I am experiencing microaggressions at work. Yep. I am experiencing bias at work. We've been saying this for years. Yes. Why would we now want to go back to that? And and one person's, and by one person's, I mean white person's building and rapport and shit like that is often at the detriment of the black and brown people within their work environment. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Their understanding of galvanizing together. Like we are often, as black people and other marginalized folks, we are often left out of that shit. Yep. So it doesn't have, the vibes are not the same. It's not at all. It's also like, mm-hmm. to me, I feel like, and I do work for a smaller organization, so I could just be, it could just be my um, limited view of like working in a big corporate space. But like, mm-hmm. I feel like if it didn't transfer into the virtual space, it says a lot about your culture. It says a lot about whatever you call togetherness that like, of course, we're not together when we're working remote, but there's ways, if the rapport is already there, then right. I feel like it's there. Like, I, I don't get, mm-hmm. I, it's not going to be the same for sure. But like, if you feel like you're losing that, then I think it may have been something in whatever structure of culture or rapport or whatever the fuck you had in the first mm-hmm. place. Cause I think that's possible. But I also think that for white folks, a lot of them just like playing together. And mm-hmm. I think I would enjoy sometimes playing together too. If I didn't live in a white supremacist society that, yeah, sure. We can all play together. We can be together. This is cool. I might, I might like going to work and feeling valued for the actual work that I do. I might like going to work and not feeling like, you know, at every turn, at every corner of the office is going to be two people having a conversation about whether I deserve to live or die. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, and again, not in such blatant terms, but a lot of these casual conversations about politics to me often feel like, do black people deserve to live or die? You know what I'm saying? And I think especially for those of us who are extroverts, like a lot of us might feel like, yeah, let's get back in there. You know, I like working. I like being in a space with others. That might be the vibe. But those are the vibes that exist in a world. When we talk about for white people, that can be their world. Mm -hmm. And that's just it. For the rest of us, that would have to be a universe where white supremacy and certain forms of isms and Mm -hmm. marginalizations did not exist. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Definitely. So you're talking about going back to work full time, possibly. What are your apprehensions? Like, what are you thinking? What does that make you feel? I have been thinking about like, okay, you like me. You like what I do in a virtual world. Are you going to like me in full time? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. How is my physical presence going to rub up against your internalized like anti-blackness? Are you going to like the way that I respond to you in person are you going to be uncomfortable when you see me in in real time talking with my hands are you going to be you know because communication is a sensory experience and depending on your ableness or whatever like all five of your senses might be alert and taking in my my communication and your anti-blackness is going to rub up against that and what does that look like for me now you know what i'm saying and so yeah so i've been thinking about that shit is it is it going to be okay for me to be my full self am i going to be subject to people thinking i don't care because i'm not enthusiastic enthusiastic enough in this kind of white enthusiastic Mm -hmm. way that they understand enthusiasm am i not going to be seen as chipper i remember working the fuck is chipper i know what it is but what is it (laughs) i don't know exactly i don't don't really yeah i don't really know 
when we was working in retail, mm-hmm. we used to work together for anybody who doesn't yes. know. I remember compared to another manager, this was, I guess I would call them a white Latinx manager, but they was like, obviously, like, you got a black grandma, you wear an afro. But anyway. They had an afro. <laughs> yeah. They but less physically African than myself, I would say. Yeah. They had a little 4A going on. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so I was compared to that manager because basically the, the, the note to me was it's really not about you knowing all of this stuff. I was compared to a manager who did not. We were working in retail. Our job was to sell shit. This person did not understand the numbers. This person did not understand our system for reading the numbers. This person didn't understand anything. I worked with them too. It was like, yeah, but they were a pleasant chipper. If we were calling, if they were black, if they were like a certain kind of black, we would call them cooning, but they didn't really ID as black mm-hmm. in that way. Yeah. But it was like a, like, like a lot of performative delight that they provided (laughs) into the space and so people just liked being around that person right and again nothing wrong with that person the problem that i'm iding here is that i was being i did not like yeah but that's separate (laughs) but the problem i'm I'm iding here is that within a conversation about my performance right i knew the information i knew how to sell things i knew how to manage people i knew how to do all of those things that's not what i was being judged for that's not why that's why i didn't get employee of the month because i was not making the white people around me happy comfortable and soothing their interpersonal needs as opposed to knowing how to sell knowing how to drive the business increasing wherever i go Sales go up. That's just what. That's just how it goes. Because we're here to it was sell the things. Truth. It's the truth. We're I here was to there. sell things. I was there. Yeah, we're here to fucking sell things. But nobody, white people, do not give a shit about that. They want to be comfortable. They want to be comfortable. And I feel like some of that white delusion has been removed by working in these boxes. Yeah, you know, what I'm, working in these virtual boxes. And I appreciate that. I remember working. Back when I was working in that real toxic beauty office, I had a picture of Trayvon. It had, did it, had it recently happened? Maybe, I don't remember the timeline, but I had a picture of Trayvon in my cubicle. This white woman. Wait, manager. wait, wait. I got to take a deep breath. Yeah. Content warning. Thank you for taking a deep breath. Major, <laughs> major, major, major content warning. Ooh, okay. She comes into my cubicle, which was also rare, right? Because it was it was like a the walls to my cubicle were pretty high, so you, she had to come into my cub- cubicle. And she was like, "Who's that? Your boyfriend?" First of all, Trayvon was a child. This is a picture of him as a child. Yes. So that was like we're off already from that because we're already now you're aging this child. Yes, right? Because you know they see us. Wait, as, wait. First is all, why the fuck are you in my cubicle? Let's start there. There's that. There's <laughs> that. There's that. But all black people are grown adult monsters, right? So you're looking at this baby and thinking that he's old enough to to be my boyfriend. What is wrong with you? And also, you don't recognize this face that has been everywhere, everywhere. right now. He's wearing a hoodie. You don't recognize this. You don't. I was like, no. And it was really awkward for me. Mm-hmm. And she was loud and was other people in earshot. I was like, no, it's weird. This is weird. It's Trayvon. It's Trayvon Martin. But that was awkward as fuck for me. So like stuff like that, that being in close yeah. proximity to shit. And that, that I feel like for me as a New Yorker, that's an extreme example because she was like particularly dense. But there are people around the country who deal with that shit like 
on the regular. Like that's the that's the status of their office. Yeah. That's how the white people in their office get down. I don't personally, because of the type of people I work with now, the space that I work in now, I don't expect that I will go back to an in-person working environment and experience that level of microaggression. But I am exposing myself to other people. I'm exposing myself to non-black people and that is a concern for me. I will say so there was a period where I was with my job where I was furloughed for a couple of months and I remember mm-hmm. thinking, hmm, I hope we go back. I hope we're able to open back up again because then I'm going to have to look for jobs and then all of that shit that right. everyone is thinking about. I did have a period where I was like, I don't want to look for a job because I yeah. chose the jobs that I have because mm-hmm. I'm safe there and I can be myself mm-hmm. and I don't have to worry about these things. But if I have to fucking engage with the job market again and look for a job again, I'm going to have to be really strategic about trying to find a place like this again. Right. Because I'm starting to think about stuff that I, I'm not going to change it, but it's like, oh, my hair is going to come into play. I have a piercing in my lip. I do not code switch. I will most likely speak in quotations correct English, but you're going to know mm-hmm. that. I'm going to do what I do with work. You know, just stuff like that. What to wear. I hate interview clothes and quotations because my titties is big Mm -hmm. as fuck. So those, whatever that stuff is that you're supposed to wear never fits me right. You know, like all of that stuff. I was thinking, I was thinking about that. Then I was thinking about like white people, white people are out there. (laughs) Mm -hmm. They're out there. So I did have a short period where I did kind of think about those things because it was like possible that I might have to look for another job. I'm grateful Mm -hmm. that I I didn't have to do that. But I did have like maybe two days of like, shit. Yeah. Shit. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. I didn't I forgot Mm -hmm. about that until you were bringing up the things you were bringing up. Right. Right. Yeah. It's like, am I going to am I going to be now subjecting myself to an anti-black, yes. anti-black judgment of others just by showing up and being myself? Especially since we've worked so hard to like remove ourselves from that or we figured out ways to just like be ourselves in these mm-hmm. ways that I'm grateful that we have. But it's, you know, still the world out there. The world right, is still out there. Right. Yeah. Or am I going to be subject to anti-blackness now in my reviews? So if I mm. go back to a full-time, you know, you do freelance, you do your freelance job, you get your check. If they like you, they'll hire you again. If they don't like you, you don't have to see each other ever again. Yep. And that's, that's it. it. If I come on full-time, now I got to sit through a fucking performance review that might be colored by your experience with me and your internalized, like anti-blackness like regardless of you getting those numbers that you were getting as a manager right but because that has always been my experience doing the personable things that it's like you're not because you don't like me and because it's okay not to like black people without cause right you'll find a reason that you can write down you'll find a reason that will make sense on paper now i gotta deal with that shit Mm -hmm. i don't really i don't want right now I know you from where I know you. I'm afraid of what it's going to look like to get to know you on that kind of level. Yeah. Like, that's uncomfortable for me. Yeah. So, like I said, I do good work and I feel like people have found my black womanness so distracting that nobody ever gave a shit whether I was actually working and it was never enough. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And again, that's my experience as a light skinned, tall, quote unquote, able bodied, thinner at the time black woman and so all of that shit is more intensified the more coded the more obviously african you look yes you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. and so yeah it's just a lot it's a lot to process and so i think that these are things that uh employers should be thinking about 
and considering like how do I make sure that I'm not inviting our black employees and other people of color into a space that is toxic. It's fun for me as a white person. I want to go back. Let's get back to work. It's a work has always been great for me. No big deal here. Whatever. Yeah. How do I make sure and be aware that that experience is the same for my black and other non-white counterparts? You know what I'm saying? Yes. So I think that that is the role that, you know, of course, employers should be thinking about that shit. And a lot of the articles that we saw on this had tips for employers, but I didn't see anything that talked about what can we do, right? And when I say this, this is not a like, we are not, we have to find a solution, ass niggas. That's not what we do here. We're not pull yourself up by your bootstraps and figure it out yeah, and grind. We don't give the work We're to not, the oppressed. Like, yeah. we don't give the labor to the oppressed person in a situation. It's exactly yeah. we're not put your lipstick on and and get through it that's not what we do Tits. here um that's a word that they would use <laughs> what put on your lipstick and just go out there toots and do it <laughs> and do it <laughs> get it sister you can do this or any number of things that wendy williams says that's not what we do here no. however it is important that we be able to protect ourselves, maintain our mental health, and do all those things to self-care up ourselves. Because this type of shit is always going to be there until until it gets fixed. Yeah. And in the meantime, we need to be able to be okay. So we were thinking about things that we can do or how we can approach this returning to work shit, especially for those of us. There are those of us who like don't have the option. Some of us have the privilege to be like, you know what? I actually don't want to go back to that job. I actually am going to freelance. So I actually am going to try this other career or whatever. Mm-hmm. Some of us don't have that privilege and don't have those options. Or you use your STEMI to, to start an LLC and, and you're rolling in the dough <laughs> right now. So you don't. And now you're a millionaire. You need, yeah. All of that. Right. And you don't need any of this. Right. Or you move to Ghana. You do that. And you don't need any of us. Stuff, right. Whatever that shit is. You're doing all of that. Or that, yeah. Bitcoin. Um, <laughs> so, some of the stuff that we have thinking about, Queen, what would you say is something that you would do or encourage as like people transition into returning to the work space? I really, really encourage people to use their paid time off if, if you have paid time off. Mm-hmm. Use that shit. A lot of people, there are articles saying that lots of people weren't using them during the pandemic because it was like, ah, I'm working mm-hmm. from home. I'm kind of taking days off unofficially you know like stuff like that and then be working from home makes people feel like they need to produce more because they want to prove that they're working because capitalism just makes you do that i I do remember Mm -hmm. doing that in the beginning of working from home that eventually it was like you know what i might nap today and that's just what it Mm -hmm. is so a lot of us have racked up a lot of pto that we have not used use that shit once it starts getting annoying put in that request for that time off and you don't even have to fly anywhere or go anywhere like just enjoy your own Be home off. for the week. Yep. You know? I think that knowing that other people are talking about this has been really helpful for me, mm-hmm. right? Because I was presented with this. And because I have been a free black woman for this amount of years outside, like not working, not tied to a desk kind of thing. When I was presented with the opportunity to work full time, I said most of these things. I didn't necessarily get into the racial stuff, but it was like, I don't want to go back to working how people work before the pandemic. I don't want to do that. If I need to work remotely, if I need to go see my family and work from whatever state my family is in, Mm -hmm. I want to be able to do that. I don't want to feel so tied to the office. I don't want to do that shit. And so I've been able to have that conversation, but I didn't. and, And I was feeling all of this anxiety, but... I didn't know if it was like just me being so resistant to after working 
on my own all this time, mm-hmm. like re-entering the workforce and maybe if I was being like ridiculous or whatever. So it was really comforting to know that this is something that lots of black yes. folks are feeling, mm-hmm. lots of, you know, non-white folks are feeling, lots of people with other marginalized identities are feeling this. I think that that is really helpful to know. And I think it's also helpful if you are ever in a position where you feel like you actually need to bring this up. Like maybe you're already working back in the office and shit is going down and you have been, you know, fighting for working remotely. Like these are things that I would say that you could bring up to your HR manager. If you're somebody who's interested in having that kind of conversation that like, hey, this is something that's been talked about. Here's the research. And this is actually, in fact, what I have been experiencing. You know what I'm saying? So That did make me feel good. To add on to that, you do have a whole year of productivity to be like, look at look at how much I produced as a remote worker versus what I'm producing now being in this funky ass office. So you Mm -hmm. you have your own personal data as well when it comes to like negotiating and talking about how you want to come back to work. If you want to mm-hmm. come back to work, if you wanted a hybrid, mm-hmm. if you want to be fully remote, but you do have your own personal data to be like, bam, look at that. Look at all of this. Do you really need me to be here? Nah. You know? Yeah. And to that point, like, again, I said this at the top, but like, if you work, they love companies. They really like talking about their diversity and inclusion initiatives if you work at one of those places they should be aware of this and if they're not bringing it to their attention they should be like oh what really like and 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 take heed so again just just knowing that you're not alone and that this is in the ether this is something that people are talking about i think is is really helpful yes i think i kind of mentioned this before when it talked about the conversation of what it looks like to work remote or whatever but like you can ask for like a negotiate a remote work agreement or something like that Mm -hmm. there's ways that you can like advocate for yourself and request things that you need to work and like we said you have the data you see that there's lots of articles about it you have your own personal work data to say hey i might need another year or i may need a Mm -hmm. hybrid year or my kids are still adjusting you know like there's there's other things there's other family issues it's a whole lot of things that shift now when you are going back into the office you might have not Mm -hmm. been paying for child care anymore so now you have to adjust to this new course who knows i don't know but it's it's worth bringing these things up and then trying to negotiate a remote work agreement right job like the most they can say is no (laughs) you know i like that but acts just acts you know i would also say set boundaries Mm -hmm. and this we've talked about this on the podcast before as we've talked about dismantling white supremacy in the workplace you are not everybody's teacher everyone doesn't deserve or you don't owe them the right to your time or explanations for shit that they're asking you specifically because of your intersections or your identity you don't fucking you don't owe anybody shit but to show up and do your work And And go the fuck home. You don't. Like a lot of us feel these, and rightfully so, because white supremacy, a lot of us feel these internalized, white supremacist patriarchal capitalism specifically. A lot of us feel these internalized pushes to like do more, be twice as good, produce more, work extra hard, be the person to volunteer for shit just so that no one can ever say that you're not doing enough or not working or whatever. Like, I think that it is okay to i'm gonna use this word that i kind of mean don't really mean but to exhibit a certain amount of mediocrity Mm -hmm. you don't have to be the best nigga in the office you know what i'm saying and the gag is you are probably the best person in the office already take that shit down a notch you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. you can still do less and still be performing 
higher than everyone else in the office. You know that's possible. If you're a person of color, you probably have been overachieving. Calm down. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Calm down. It's not good for you. That's energy that you could be dedicating and pouring into yourself, pouring into your family. Bring it down a notch. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It Bring also it down makes it so you're not disappointed as much when it comes to like being that overachiever. And then it's like you see this mediocre right. person over there get to the promotion. <laughs> Mm-hmm. you know what i mm-hmm. mean like it might it might yeah. help with you not being so like disappointed or like i did all mm-hmm. of this stuff. i don't know it always helps me right. to like do less <laughs> right it always has helped so yeah me. don't be afraid don't be afraid i would say to set boundaries and just give less fucks in general and i'm not i'm not advocating like I'm not saying don't do your job we're not saying don't do your job we're not saying right that's not work, what i'm saying at kick all kick up your feet but <laughs> Yeah, we know we know that a lot of us are doing the max. A lot of us are doing the most because it, it is easier for us, even if the job is not demanding it. We know sometimes our jobs just be on some bullshit and you don't even want to give them a reason. Like you already know the vibes. You don't even want to give them a reason. Yeah. And so you just be overdoing, overdoing, overdoing. I would say bring it down. Yeah. Sim it down now. Just a little bit. Take it down. Something I would recommend is rest. Rest. Don't bring your work home. Like, you want me to come to this office? So this work stays in this office. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. don't bring your mm-hmm. work home. Don't let it follow you. Rest. Prioritize rest. Um, Prioritize your own leisure again. Like, I think it's important for you to, like, lean into that even more now that you're going back into the, the office. Um, Because it can be difficult to just prioritize yourself now because you're right. going to the office and now there's work more so in your face than it was when you were working remotely. So, like, rest. Mm-hmm leisure and rest cook like many things rest is not just sleep rest is like just laying in the bed scrolling on your phone or taking that time to read a book or like watching a movie like rest can be a lot of things just make sure that like you're the priority in whatever you're doing Mm -hmm. that takes you away from work like you need an escape create an escape like don't feel that now because people are like looking at you more directly than you were working remotely that you now have to like produce 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 and prove that you're working right. in these ways that's just like it's just no need it's no need for mm-hmm. all of that so like just prioritize mm-hmm. yourself and your rest right. if you are working in the office right so let's say you can't work remote you're back in the office you're back in it I would recommend if your company has like an employee resource group, if your company has like affinity groups, they call them or whatever for like if you're a black person at your job for fucking like, you know, fucking black editors group or whatever the fuck. Like all of those, I think like smaller niche groups, unless you have already joined those groups and you don't like the vibe, I would explore that. I think that everybody should explore those groups because I have found there to be in some of them i have found like camaraderie or i have met you know black folks across departments and i found that to be beneficial i remember one time this was i think i said this before this was early in the game yeah one time when the when the the black erg had first started at the job that i was working at like years ago george lucas wife who was a black woman melody hobson george lucas is the star wars guy for anybody who doesn't know mm-hmm. melody hobson was there very accomplished person and she said in this space where so many of us often felt like the level of code switching that we was doing, the fucking whispering in corners and shit and like not really wanting to be too overtly black within the space. Like this was I worked again, as I said, I worked for a few different brands, but this was like a supremely like corporate 
space mm-hmm. that I was in, this particular brand. And she was in there. We don't even like, niggas wasn't even talking about anything black at work. When the ERGs first even came up, mm-hmm. people was like, what? A group for black people? What? What? A group for like, people were being really fucking well, weird about That's another wait, thing. That's I remember. Racist. How? How? Yes. How, how, I re- exactly. How are you solving racism if you're, if you're. I remember being at a desk in this corporate office when the ERGs first popped off and it was, I was in a space with a bunch of other assistants. We were in like this little assistant hub area Mm -hmm. working and I was, it might've been one other black girl there. It was somebody who I'm sure calls herself Afro Latinx, but she was being mad white. Mm-hmm. You know that. You know how that goes. Yeah, sure do. And white women. And the Afro Latinx woman was like, "I don't need anybody to tell me who I am. I'm not doing this, that, whatever." So okay, so you don't understand what this is for. So if you need, if you don't need a good, but I'm sitting here to again to talk about like anti blackness, to talk about you know experiencing this kind of shit. I'm here trying to work yeah you know what i'm saying i'm here trying to work and i have to listen to a white person talk about how this shit is unfair i have to listen to a allegedly black person talk about how and and i say allegedly because she was i wouldn't call her passing i think if you looked at her you know she wasn't passing but she was like very light-skinned like super Mm light-skinned i id'd her as afro latinx but does she id someone might cast her as an italian in a movie if she got a blowout Mm -hmm. but yeah so i'm sitting here at at the cross sections of this fucking anti-blackness and i am trying to work i don't miss that shit i don't miss it but anyway so it was it was those kinds of vibes and i remember going to this black work group meeting meeting people who worked like in jersey and da 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 it was cool to meet other black people it was cool to not be whispering in a corner so melody hobson is there and this is before um motherfuckers were talking about being unapologetically black mm-hmm. all over the internet and before it was everywhere and yada 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 before it was like all right enough with that this was like early in the game and she's in this very, we're in this very corporate space and she says, be unapologetically black. And niggas was like, <gasps> what? Can they hear us? Do they know we're in here? Like somebody cut the cameras, yada, yada, yada. But anyway, I say that to say, and that was in the early stages and there's been a lot of other, like when I was there, it was a lot of other programming and cool shit that happened and blah, 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 blah. But I do recommend joining whatever affinity group um and even that word kind of makes me feel weird but whatever group it is Mm -hmm. within your organization if it exists for the people of your same intersection i think that that's a beneficial thing if you've already tried it and you don't like the vibes i get it that's fine Mm -hmm. but i would say don't let it be one of those things that you're like what is that i'm not doing that like i would suggest or recommend that you explore that if you're working in a corporate environment that is um predominantly not of yourself or not diverse or whatever yeah another thing for sure for sure for sure is to take care of your mental health that is just important like i can't get into Mm -hmm. how important that is but it does help for you to have kind of like some kind of it helps foundationally just to just keep you in a in a in a space. I know that existing as a black person, especially in large white spaces, a lot of times you could just always feel combative because you're always pushing against something or you're always mm-hmm. asserting yourself. Even if you're not asserting yourself, like you could be assimilating to all of this shit, but because you are a black person, there's still some kind of like like internal fight happening. So you could outwardly be assimilating and doing all the things and this this, and that. But I'm sure when you go home to your house by yourself, you sit in a corner and you think about the shit you've heard or, you know, it affects Mm -hmm. you in some kind of way. Like Mm -hmm. it just has to. So I think that taking care of your mental health is like huge and helping you with like coping 
helping you yeah. with sometimes helping you with the confidence to realize, hey, this isn't for me. Let me do something else. Mm-hmm. It just does a lot to have. And I'm thinking in terms of therapy, um, like one on one therapy and shit like that. Yeah. It does help to have someone who not all therapists understand you, but who can speak to this a little more objectively. So they're not with you mm-hmm. at work. So like, you know how you, you, you vent to your friend and like, well, you know, that's how they are. <laughs> it's like, right. that's right. not what I need right now. I need to like share this story with someone who can give me like some like tools or kind of like mm-hmm. definitive framework context exactly something. and who could validate yeah. my feeling because regardless of if oh they always like that i still felt the way i felt in that moment regardless yeah. of this that's how the friend thing is helpful for the friend thing the mental health thing is exactly. helpful for the mental health thing and sometimes they overlap yeah. but it is it is important if you have access to both to access both yes for sure so mm-hmm. definitely take care of your mental health the same ways that a lot of us made sure that we went into therapy when quarantine began it's just still be in place if you could have it in place and maybe even more so because now we're entering back into these toxic these these toxic right. places and these motherfuckers mm-hmm. ain't change mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah after i started therapy again i was like yo i was just out here raw dog in life with no fucking therapist like how <laughs> how was i what that was like it's been so helpful to navigate like traumatic events not just traumatic events but like upcoming things like when i was going to see my family like i'm like yo this is the type of shit that usually goes down when i see my family okay what, what are what, we gonna what, do what, 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 give me some tools what, the, what are we gonna do? To do right like yeah so that was like that has been really helpful and also for those of us working jobs where they have like mental health benefits and shit like that or whatever. Look into that. Yes. You work at the job, see what their benefits are, take advantage of all of that shit. They owe you that shit. They do. Okay. Yes. You get yo, you there yeah, that's another thing. It's it's black folks. It's a lot of us who not even taking advantage of all the benefits we have at, at our, our jobs job. because we don't think that we're supposed because to Because we're so disconnected from the job. Yeah. And we might have to or we might have to ask someone about these benefits and we don't like we don't want to ask or whatever. Like, get your shit, yo. Get your shit. Get, get your, your shit. shit, especially because it's a part of your not directly your pay, but like that's a mm-hmm. part of what the company pays for you to be there anyway. Like they're right. paying into whatever for you to have whatever mm-hmm. benefit. Like if you have an employee assistant program, use that shit. A lot of those offer right. like a few free sessions, and then after that, you can they can like funnel you into another way to get therapy and shit like that. Mm-hmm. But like tap into that all of that corny shit that they told you in your first orientation look for that shit again because a lot of there's a lot of stuff in there like you could might even get like a free gem membership so now mm-hmm. that's helping your mental health because you're releasing in certain ways you know like it's just look into your shit look into that packet because <laughs> yeah, it'd be things it'd be things for sure that mm-hmm. we don't be using because we're just so disconnected mm-hmm. and fuck this place and like let me just right. get in and out and get my pay you know mm-hmm. yeah that was a yeah facts. definitely do that facts 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 yeah yo I think we did a motherfucking show I we didn't mean we to did. talk about this the whole episode but it was yeah ended up being like fucking crucial especially considering that I'm considering like playing with white people in person again and this was like had to be discussed so I feel good how you feel I'm feeling good I'm feeling good good mm-hmm. again we're going on break Brizzy. we're excited we're going to rest we're going to luxuriate yes. we're going to leisure yes. oh it's yes. going to be nice it's going to be so good yes 
It is. And so good. So good. Then we're going to come back with shit because like we have time to think. Like behind yeah, the scenes, definitely. me and Jay were like, we're, I think we're kind of content burnt out because it took us a while to mm-hmm. like figure this out. So the break it will be important for that too because we'll come back mm-hmm. like young and, well, not young. We'll be the same age as we are. <laughs> but <laughs> older and refreshed. Yes. Exactly. older and refreshed but well, we will be on social media so we'll be active on social media again there may there may still like some content may still pop up on the feed yeah and we'll definitely be July. on patreon for our patrons we'll definitely be on there doing some episodes yeah there. we're gonna do two bonus patreon episodes we still have our another june bonus episode to do mm-hmm. so you can look forward to that yeah so in between now and when we come back there'll be three bonus episodes yep. on patreon. the patreon you'll see that and then hopefully there'll be some other content in our feed if you don't see content in our feed again we're on vacation but um if you want to hang out with us again patreon is two dollars a month but you can donate any amount that you feel like it so we'll be there we've done other bonus episodes that you can listen back to or whatever Mm -hmm. if you're missing content from us and you haven't heard those already i know sometimes people like me sometimes i will like support patreons and not use any of the benefits because i just want to support the person Mm -hmm. but the shit is there the content is there if you're having trouble listening to those episodes or you don't know how to access it on your own i think on patreon we put like a how to do that or whatever Mm -hmm. is there um if you're still having trouble just hit us up and we can figure it out but yeah so that's what we're doing thank y'all anything else nope that's it let's go and vacate let's Oh, we gotta do the things. Be sure to follow us on the social media. We on Instagram yes. and Twitter at TBQJ. We are also on Facebook and Tumblr. Hit the follow button there. Send us email, tbqueenandj at gmail.com. We love when you do that. Visit our website, tbqueenandj.com. And my personal social media is at the Queen Speaks with an underscore. Follow me, please. And Jay, what is yours? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at JennyCF, J A N. N-I-C-I-A-F on Twitter and Instagram. And yeah, be sure to follow us because I, I mean, we'll probably where we might be doing other things throughout the month of July and we would like you to keep up with the shit that we're doing. I know I'm, I might be doing a few panels. So if you could follow us to stay in the loop with that shit, that would be cool. Yeah. And make sure you're following us on social at T with QJ. And that's it. That's it, right? Yep. It's a wrap. Okay. This podcast was created, hosted, and produced by a black girl named Naima and a black girl named Janicia with editorial support from a black girl named Candace and social media support from a black girl named Joe, who is doing a fantastic job. Amazing. Amazing. Fan. Fantastic. Yo, the money that we spend in editing, the money that we spend in social media support, like dollars well spent it's the best money we've ever spent in our lives yes all right it's amazing it's important we have more room for activities more (laughs) room for activities (laughs) i love it i really love it i'm really thankful for them candace and joe for being a part of our team for the work that they do and thank you all for supporting us so that we can pay people pay people and be equitable and like all of that shit yo you fucking love it. Yep, I love it too. All right. Tea with Queen and Jay. We turn up responsibly. And I'm about to go lay down. Hallelujah. Go lay down. Blessed be the name of our Lord and Savior. Go. go lay down. Go lay down. Lay down. It's getting late in the evening. I know the sun is going. 
If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Ecclesiastes 4, 4 and 9. And, and, and when you turn it over to him, you know you can just lay on down and just, just, just rest. Watch out there now. And we, the Bible reads, if you have it, read it from the King James. Lay down. Lay down. Get 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 down.